Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about some peak stick action for those alfalfa fields. In our spotlight, we'll be looking at the GDUs, which we touched on a little bit last week. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events and we'll wrap it all up with our egg idiom of the week. So with me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So here we are, zero to summer in 2.1 seconds. It's been... It was six hours. <laughs> six hours. Yes. Is that what? how long Saturday was? was Saturday was winter freezing. Winter. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Sunday was beautiful. Well, and did yep. it get below 70 last night? Because not it was by like much. Sixty-eight we'll, on my. We'll get to it in the GDU update, but <laughs> it is. We're, yeah, it was we're warm. I day AC on yesterday. On. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. In the truck, you're saying not nope. in your house. In, the in house, your house, turned it on. New house, you got to try it out. Make sure it works. No, I've I've ran it a couple times already. <laughs> That's great, dude. I can run it from my phone. It's like playing a game. Ooh. <laughs> Fancy. Temp blasters. <laughs> yeah, temp blaster. What's Nest. The, what's the temp? What do you set it at? 60. Whoa, 60. Jeez. Icebox. Let's see. Well, I'll check. I'll tell you what it's set at right now. Um, we're loading. We're loading. Max, uh, wait to get hold of it. Like Bill and I, and you you just play with the thermostat all day. Like, right. who turned it up? Who turned it it's down? It's 63 right now. Whew. Wow. But I shut it off this morning when I What's woke up. What's the low? I go was like 68. I don't think I've. Yeah. In the, in the, in the summertime, that's about where I'm at. 68. I mean, you want me to turn? I can turn it up right now. I don't care what you do. See, it's your house. See, you're paying for watch it. Sierra, Sierra and the dog just like jump through the roof because the because all of a sudden the thermostat starts making noise again. If it, if it wouldn't wreck your system, you should turn the heat on and like turn it up to like 80. yeah. <laughs> but it would really mess up your system, so don't do that. I could try it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yep. It was definitely warm this week. A couple days, I had to, I had to take off the long sleeve. Even it was getting getting serious. Yeah, no, I actually got a little bit of sun yesterday because it was, I mean, it's overcast, but that doesn't stop the sunlight from coming through, despite what your brain thinks. Like, oh, there's no sun, so I shouldn't need sunscreen. sunscreen. I don't worry about that. I'm tougher than the sun, so, Ooh. yeah. Someday, melanoma will <laughs> yes. not think so. <laughs> yeah. UV rays will win. Tougher than the sun. No, there's a, there's a comedian that does a bit about, like, you know those guys that are like, I don't wear sunscreen. Sunscreen's for wusses. Can you imagine thinking you're tougher than the sun? <laughs> like actually thinking you're tougher than the sun. I don't think anything is in reality. No. Pretty sure the sun wins no matter what. So yeah, Corn plants are tougher than the sun. They suck yeah. it right up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at how many million miles. <laughs> True. Anything, yeah, anything within a hundred miles and without of the water. Sun, water I'm, so I'm going to say either. the last week trying to watch corn emerge through ground yeah. that was sun baked pretty good and false, not tougher than the sun. <laughs> yeah, how was your early plant corn doing? Guys, got some emerging. Yeah, it's coming out of the ground. It's coming. Most of it, anyway. We were, there were a few laggers, but most had of them a were pretty really close. nice rain this week. And that rain, we have not had one where over 12 hours you get a half inch. Right. It's usually like half inch and a half hour. So it was just everything soaked in. You didn't it was really awesome. see puddles. It was, it was awesome. the perfect rain. And we were cutting hay by later that afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was. Yeah, rye going down and hay going down. Yeah. So it was. You could tell we needed it. I mean, you don't. How many times did you say, I get a half inch and I'm cutting hay? 
three hours later. It's you're not going to hear that very often. So only when you haven't gotten rain for three right. weeks prior. Right. I was disappointed though how long it took that corn to come out. It was that back to that three weeks again, like last year. Yep. But as soon as it started raining, like as soon as the ground started to soften even a little bit, I noticed like it really started to pop through. Mm-hmm. So you could tell it just needed a little little encouragement. Yeah, I think it just shows how cold those soil temps were and how cold those nights got. They got cold. Oh, yeah. And it, it just it everything it gained during the day it lost again at night and just couldn't couldn't push through very quickly. Populations though so far have been okay. At, you know, not if you're at thirty four planting, usually you're getting thirty, thirty one. So you lost more than you know you'd want to on a normal year. But I think I think the stuff we went through on the BMR that was planted really early, like late April, maybe the couple of days in May, wasn't quite as much as I had hoped for. Yeah, you know, twenty eight thousand on a thirty two thousand plant planted. Yeah, so maybe I, there'll be a few more to come because we had dry soils. But at that point. Those aren't going to amount to much. I've been kind of telling guys all week as I'm doing them, like, hey, I'm going to check these again one more time just because I do think we're, you know, a 1,000, 2,000 short. Just, yeah, it does help to get those early ones, though, as then you know, well, 20, when you get to your population, you're probably going to have 28,000 year population yeah. then because yep. those the two other 1,000 that come are too late to do anything or help. Correct, correct. But it also, you know, if you plant it at 32 and I'm saying 26 and we're going to really get two or three more thousand, 26 versus 28 or 29 oh, are huge. completely, yeah. <laughs> like you don't think about it as much. You're, you're right. The line is like 27,000. Like you under that, you're mad. And you start hearing. At 28, you're not happy, but you're not mad. And yeah, you're right, Max. The good news is last year it was so bad that we have some. Well, it was so long, but then remember we had that like, downpour it was like two three inches oh yeah no it got real wet and real then fast we didn't have that this year so that was good at least yet fz yet because it's supposed to be rain this weekend so. they're talking they're talking uh sunday here might get might get a little dicey so saturday's supposed to be pushing 90 so that'll yeah, yeah. really help the storms build up some <laughs> some random stuff popping up yeah yeah speaking of saturday the nba playoffs start well they kind of already started they must have playing games but playoffs. and they're the not Bucks calling start. them playing playing not, games what do they play. call them nothing oh they're not like playing games that you don't they, get eliminated if you lose right so. they're not playoffs oh you don't get eliminated yeah. i don't under you get two chances so there's a playing game and the, if you won the first one you're in and then if you lost you play the other winner oh uh, that's why so they have seven and eight play each other if seven wins they're in okay <laughs> I think if it, I think if, so then the eight, nine, or the nine, 10 plays the eight. So seven and eight play and nine and 10 play. And then I believe it was the loser of seven and eight plays the winner of nine and 10. And then the winner of that game gets in. in. Yep. So seven is in for sure if they win. Basically, ten is out for sure. Basically it was make sure LeBron and Steph Curry both make the playoffs. That was the, (laughs) that was the goal. So if you threw. Carry the one, add the two. No, okay, I'm confused. Weren't they both seven and eight, though? Why not go back to the old way and just have it one through eight? I wonder, like, you know, you get in the NBA, you get, like, the seven, eight seed sometimes can be, like, a below 500 yeah, record. Like, can be maybe maybe that, where, the, like, those back-end ones are just like, well, screw it, we'll give you an extra game to play. And, and they said the ratings were very good, so it's all about that. And it helped one of them was Steph Curry and... And LeBron. I mean, it was Steph and LeBron was the first game, and then right. 
Steph and somebody else. I don't remember. I don't really. If it's not the Bucks, I don't really care. No, and what, this is the time to watch NBA because they actually play all of yeah, the right four here. quarters all the hard. Game, yep. Not like three quarters where it's just like throw up a basketball and then for the fourth quarter where it's like, okay, we're going to get serious and, and play. no one's going to sit out games. Right. Right. Well, Giannis I, had a toe the last week of the season. I would still love to watch the Badgers run a motion offense for <laughs> 30 seconds out of the 32 every time down the floor. That's what I live for. So this this high flying shooting the ball from the three point line is a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Running and gunning. We play I can't stand this stuff. There's Wait, no May Madness. We play Just defense and we put it in the peach basket, man. <laughs> It is hard to watch sometimes because they I just really, run back and forth. I really like the Bucks. Um, well, I liked them more like two years ago than I do now, honestly. But yeah, I, I really like the Badgers a lot better. <laughs> Giannis is awesome. I mean, it is cool that we've got a top tier player, and he plays hard, and he and he on both ends of the floor, right? And he, I mean, he's a. I'm not gonna say generational talent, but he's pretty dang close. Like mm-hmm. he is impressive, and we're gonna. Like I just, it, it's cool. Like you're gonna tell your grandkids about this someday. Like you remember, like telling them about how my grandpa told me about Oscar Robinson. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. But. All right, you guys ready to do this? Let's do it. Yeah, let's take a peek. Take a peek oh. at the peek sick. <laughs> All right, peeky little boys. Yeah, we're <laughs> peeking out out here. So what do you got for us, Todd? All right, so the it is time to be using the peak stick, or it has been. So we're maybe a little late on this one because we've been using them now for about two weeks, checking heights on alfalfa, but we wanted to kind of give an idea what the peak stick is and mainly what the method is because the stick is just the tool to use, but the method is, is kind of what is helpful of a way to measure Standing alfalfa's forage quality before it's harvested. So there's a method to the madness. Yes, there always is, Matt. And the peak, Matt. Matt do, you, do you know what the peak stands for? It stands for peekaboo. I see you, <laughs> alfalfa. No, I don't remember exactly offhand all the the parts of the acronym because it's peak, P E A Q, not K, instead of K, or P E E K. So we're not peaking in that way, but it's has something. It basically the Q is quality, so it's alfalfa Probably quality. The, yeah, it's predicting predictive equations for alfalfa quality. So that that's then shouldn't it be PFAC? Yeah, they do have a peak. Sounds there. way better. That's the government. They drop certain. You, le- if they're letters. less than like three letters, I, you can just drop it out. I feel like do what you want. And it was developed by agronomists at UW-Madison. And, Bill, you might remember some of these. Ken Albrecht. Yep, Ken Albrecht. Did you have Forages 300 or whatever? Yep. Yep. He was the Cura Clover guy. He loved Cura Clover. I think he was... Oh, he developed it or bred it or what? But and he, yeah, he talked about it. It's probably not even there now. I looked him up and it said he was still like it has a phone number and still his email to to Doctor Albright. But I, yeah, I was just surprised if he really is still there. I would think he'd be like a professor emeritus or something at this point. It it did not list, yeah, like his his qualities that way. And then the other one was R. W. Hints that developed this method. I didn't know him. Nope. Or hear of him. And it was a basically a procedure to use this height 
and stage to, to try to find the relative feed value of alfalfa. So this was kind of the first of its time to use kind of some, a fairly simple method of just height and stage. So when you go out there, you're going to take the height of the tallest stem in an area. So it, it does have very specific um, directions of how to, how to do it. You're going to choose like a representative two square foot area. And then you do want to go, it's not an average of the heights. It's not anything like that. It's just the tallest stem in that area. And you don't want to pull the leaves up either. You want to go right to kind of the tip of that bud. So do you guys pull the leaves up or? No. No. Right no. I got the... that question the other day. Like, how do you take the alfalfa? Do you like just stretch the thing is, you know, with the leaves all the way up? I said, no, just you kind of let the leaves down. It's kind of halfway up with those top, top leaves. And then you do want to repeat it, you know, multiple times in the field just to get a representative idea. Um, but there again, if you're taking the tallest stem, a lot of times it seems like you're just going and finding the, the more the tallest spots potentially. And then there's a chart that they've got. And you, the last thing you need to do is find the stage. So it's either vegetative stab, stage, so no buds are vis visible. Bud stage would be one or more nodes with visible buds, but no flowers are visible yet. And then the last stage is flower stage, and that's one or more nodes with open flowers. So right now we're switching from that vegetative stage to starting to feel a lot more buds out there. Uh, it does it's seem, not if you feel them. It's I, you have to see them. Right. See them that's the part I am getting tricked on too is I was still putting vegetative, but you're right. You can feel it, but you can't see the bud yet. And I've not seen any flowers. Have you guys no. seen any? Even buds that many. I, right. And you got to really yeah feel for it. That that was a part that I forgot had forgotten that it was the buds are visible not just by feel. There is um, like sticks you can actually get like it looks like a yardstick and then it has three sides with vegetative bud and flower and then it has a num you know instead of inches it has the the quality number and then on the fourth side it has the inches and then the directions. But I looked up on MFA's website, and they are temporarily out of stock. Oh, so no. I'm sure your forage councils will be able to get you one. Or, or even better is just well, to use, use a, a tape measure. Yeah. Use a tape measure, and then um, Wisconsin Team Forage, if you Google it, just say peak, you know, peak chart. And there is a chart that works great. Unfortunately for this year, the chart starts a little too high. Uh, it does. Too start. high. <laughs> yeah. It starts at 16 inches Whereas we've got some that is a little bit shorter. I laugh because it starts at 16 inches and goes to 42 inches, which right. seemed is un yeah, it seems unnecessary. And at 42, it was still. I mean, it's going to be full flower at that point, and it's 113 relative feed value. And I'm thinking there's no way it e would even be that good. You would think like, well, and how many times are you going to have 40? Like they they do continue the scale of vegetative it's like how many right that's how many true. times are you going to see 42 inch vegetative alfalfa they're just preparing for when we grow super alfalfa they already got it in place it's it's just yeah it's prepping for the future do instead of doomsday prepper they're beast preppers, alfalfa day preppers, preppers forage preppers when they developed the chart it, it was based mainly on adf um, and using that, so acid detergent fiber, and using that to get a relative feed value. Uh, we're not going to get into the difference between relative feed value and relative feed quality. Well, but that is what they use Western states versus here. Midwest, yeah. we typically do RFV versus. Yeah, but RFQ is becoming more of a 
yeah. they're both on a, a scissor clip or something like that. So yep. um, just to kind of have that, know that it's more of an RFV, so you might get an RFQ, which is different, um, and that's what it's calibrated to. And there is also a Western stick and a Midwestern. So the the Midwest Forage Council obviously sells the peak stick that's calibrated for the Midwest and Idaho as their own, and they just call it the hay stick, which I like. Like, hey, stick. <laughs> Get me the hay stick, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and theirs you can buy at IdahoHay.com, and they've got – basically it's calibrated for – Idaho, kind of, I think it made it sound like you could go all the way down to like California with that one. I know when you when you think of Idaho, you think of alfalfa, alfalfa for sure. Definitely not potatoes. <laughs> yeah, my, I actually on the on the agriculture TikTok and YouTube, I, I'm finding out I always thought it's potatoes. They grow a lot of hay out there. Oh yeah, like most a of our, lot of hay. <laughs> if you guys look at seed tags of alfalfa, most of it said ID. You know, a lot of Idaho. Yep. Yep. Um, that can in Canada. Canadia, there's some too. Eh? Yo. Hey. Yo, hoser. We get all our seed out of Canada. <laughs> it, it's, not a boot. A, it's not a boot where it comes from, eh? <laughs> the, the last thing to think about is the accuracy of this stick. Is It's really not intended to replace lab analysis. So it's it wasn't made... To go out and use the stick and sell based on that, it, it's really just a predictive tool. It's used in conjunction. Yes. And I would say sometimes I've seen the lab more accurate, and sometimes I've actually seen this peak stick be fairly accurate to predict where it's at in the field. The, w- the way I think of it is we use the peak stick to measure a lot of fields, and we use the lab samples to calibrate our peak sticks. Kind of. Yeah, dial it in. Yeah, you kind of you kind of realize, okay, the, in general, the lab sample's running 20, 20 points higher than the peak stick. So so what do we do with Harvextra? <laughs> I, I was, That's got to be different, I pose right? that to you guys because it is different for sure. And one thing I've been wondering is if it is, you don't have to overthink it, is they say Harvextra is 15, 15% better RFQ. This is from Harvextra's website that you're going to be 14 to 18% better. Better, yeah, okay. So maybe you could just take the chart and multiply by you know 1.15 for that 15%. So something rated a 200 RFV and Harvextra would be a 230. I don't think you could quite extrapolate the data that far, I, but it could, could be a potential way to use it. I would say that's pretty close to what I saw this spring going can, from peak sticks to Harvextra actual scissor clippings. Can we just get MFA to get us Harvextra stickers, stickers to put sticks. on there? <clears throat> Need a fifth. I don't want to do math. It should be another stick. Yes. Need a fifth side. Well, just you could put it on the uh, the flower stage like the, side. Well, on the inside, even like have your little addition thing somewhere. It, one thing to think about is typically we want to cut at twenty four inch using their chart. Twenty four inch tall alfalfa in the bud stage is one hundred eighty one RFV. So using that, we can probably let Harvextra grow you know, another, what, three inches, and you'd still be so into that, say, 27, 28-inch area, and you'd still get about the same quality. Um, I don't know if that correlates to that exactly or not. Part of the part of the problem is with, that I see with Harvextra with doing that is then you're cutting schedules off for the entire summer because you're, you know what I mean? 
you're going to move your entire cutting schedule back three, four days in the spring. You know what I'm Which saying? Which is good because then it gives you, like, now you cut too early in May and you're cutting mid-August on that fourth cut. It so. is, unless you're a really aggressive cutter and you want to do it five times anyway. Right. It is something to then think you about. you growing harp extra probably. <laughs> right. But, but you're That's right, Max. a very is fair it? argument. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I just said... That's not exactly how it's. No, before works, you plant right. some of these things, if you're going to be on a 25 day cut, you may want to look at okay, typically we cut between what, May 20th and June 4th on an, you know, and it ranges depending on the spring, but you, you start extrapolating the days of 25 days after that on each cutting, and you can be in no man's land in August 10th with your fourth crop. So, yeah. The other one to throw at you, Bill, is what about if you got a little bit of grass mixed in? Oh yeah, that's gonna or red clover that's or gonna just throw away or anything else. Yeah, really. yeah, because grass is. I mean, we got guys cutting grass now that said it probably should have been cut a couple of days ago. Where the alfalfa isn't, you know, the same farm. We're taking scissor clips and we're not there. You yeah. know. So. Yeah, the grass has been extremely tricky because if you catch it early, it's very good quality. Mm-hmm. But when it drops off that cliff, it drops off fast. It, it goes quick. Yes. And we've had cool, cool wet, not so much wet, but cool spring. So we get a little rain here and there, but cool season grasses are going to take off quite well. You probably just don't use it, Todd. You know, if, I, I mean, it, to me, if you it wouldn't be very, of, you'd have to. You'd have to. I don't know how you would drop it by what number right. of how much grass is in there, but and it, it really would depend if the grass is just starting to flower, you know, or throw go into the reproductive stage. It's going to drop it a lot, but if it's more of lush, just the leaf, it probably isn't going to affect it much at all. It right. might be the same, about the same quality as the alfalfa at that point. And then the one thing to always think about too is taking off about fifteen points for harvest. Uh, for quality so if your goal is a 160 rfv you want to start at 175 because you're going to have some harvest loss and you know just obviously you're going to have if rain happens there's there's other things we can't predict but there is some of that that you don't want to start at the number that you want to get you want to start well before that well and that's why we with our scissor clips we started a little bit earlier just because there was concern with frost and other things that there was going to be more quality loss due to leaves dying off than there actually was. So, yeah, it's always always good to kind of keep an eye on that. I wonder, I don't know that I've ever ran samples, but I wonder if fungicide would affect your quality. You know, we hope that that affects quality right, because it keeps the plant from, you know, the whole plant greener longer versus the bottom end. We start, you know, sometimes right, this time of year but we that is leaf something loss to watch. If you're getting a lot of bottom leaf loss, to this, a lab analysis is going to sure. be much more accurate. So there you go. Peaking, taking a peek at the peak stick. It's good measurement for deciding when to be ready to cut alfalfa, but always better with in conjunction with a lab test. So. Good luck as you harvest first crop this year, which I'd say we're pretty close to about a week earlier than last year, maybe even a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> so surprising, and we're going to get into that in our spotlight next year. So last week we touched on GDUs a little bit. There was some confusion, I guess, from at least one of our listeners about 
where we stated our GDUs were at. Um, we were surprised to find last week that we were above normal, just because things cooler temperatures wasn't expecting it to be as many GDUs as as we have, and so this week we've got a little update on where we're at. So just like last year, we've got three sites, North, Seymour, where we're located, and to the south. So Todd, what did you find when you looked up the GDUs? Yeah, I did did find that we are still above normal, and looking back to it, it was just a, you look at the chart and it is odd because you've got just really high bars and then really low bars to put us above. So like early April, we were way higher than normal. And even like May 1st, if you remember right before that one rain, we were real hot. So we got just like these peaks and valleys, um, which is normal. We'll get warm and cold days, but nothing like this where those nights were so cold that we weren't getting any GDUs. Yeah. So what I did too is I used uh, May 1st as the start date. Uh, sometimes we'll go from the beginning of the year, you know, from January 1 just to see weed emergence and other things. But a lot of our corn was put in around that time, late April to, you know, the 10th of May. We had a fair amount going in. So using May 1st is just a kind of an easy number to use to see where we're at. And the crivet so far is 19 above normal. So we're at 154 GDUs. Normal is 135. And last year at this time, we were at 66. And in 2019, we were at 70. So we're nearly double those years, yeah. which also is quite surprising. It just says how cold last year really was. Right. Yeah. Last spring. And our 14-day, which is going to be you know, real high, is at 377. So you can see we're, we're going to nearly you know, over double where we're at even in the next two weeks. So um, these warm days that are coming are going to really push that. Uh, Seymour, the mid-location that we use, 146 to date. 142 is normal, so we're about four above normal. So pretty much normal. But over 2020, we were at 93 GDUs. In 2019, we are at 110. So there again, we're, you know, from normal, we're not necessarily that much different. But over the last two years, we're much above normal. And the 14-day is going to be at a 410. Some Prairie, that's that one last year, too, if you guys remember, ran, you know, much. It was just different than, than us. So down by Madison, 186 to date normal is 154 so there's 32 above normal 14 day is 455 and last year they were at 118 in 2019 at 128 so similar trends across the board and you can see we're off to a really good start actually for gdus well, yeah, and like you said then the next two weeks with this 80 degree weather band that we're getting here is really going to make us jump we are going to max out on Saturday. <laughs> Is Max going to max out on yeah. Saturday? I'm going to yeah. alpaca shearing day on Saturday. So, Ooh. yeah. Pretty much Boom. max out. So, pop quiz, max, max. Do you, do you remember what corn Max is out at? Oh, geez. Now i got to think hard. It's 80. Ah, I want to say 83, but I don't think that's right <laughs> for some reason. You're saying a daily high, like where corn is just like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, after after you hit this number, it's wasted heat. What is 85? Close. Close. Yeah. What is it? 80, 86. 86. 86 degrees. 86 yeah. degrees. All I know is when it's too hot to cool you down between fields and the truck, it's too hot for corn, it, too. 
Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty yeah. standard. Yep. It's not hotter the better. There is a point where a point it becomes to too that, much. Yes. Well, and realistically, during the day, if it gets hotter than that, it's it's not doing anything wrong. It's really more at night if it doesn't cool down. Like, it can be 90 degrees during the day. It doesn't necessarily hurt the corn as long as there's yeah, we ample need moisture. moisture. Cool enough at night, to, cool respire, off at night. Yeah, yeah. to respire. However, what is crazy is that you still will gain a lot of GDUs if you have a warm night. So, obviously, anything over 50 as a low will gain you more GDUs, too. Right. So, so last night, we gained quite a few just in the fact that it didn't cool down. Cool down. down. Yep. What temperature does car need to go down to to respirate? Under 70 usually is about perfect. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of want, like, high... Which, which we were just barely there last night. So right. It was, like, 68 when I woke up this morning. I was say, it was it was 69 on Fox 11 at 4.30, so... Well, yeah, no, it was quite warm overnight so all right the other thing to think about is when water hemp will emerge um yep. just because that is occurs at 350 gdus B- major bus kill todd <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so for all of us that's the, the next two weeks well and one thing to think about is that's year from the beginning sure you know beginning, so, yep, so from the beginning of the year we are at 337 so, so yes next, yeah, so, so i think week or and those are your really really early emergers but I think we'll be seeing that, and that is 144 above normal. So, so potentially get your pre's on this week. Well, what I would say is you probably miss the window of your pre as yeah, far as your beans are probably out right. of the ground. Well, yeah, yeah, like your your authority first, your sonics yep. that you got to be before you know before your beans are out of the ground. So maybe think about an Anthemax or Perpetuo, which has got like a Zidua with a. With another thing with it, or you know, duels. There's warrant. You know, warrant there, there's yep. what Bill's saying is look at your early post sort of soybean pre you know pre pre merge for weeds residual herbicides. All right. Well, we did some history of the peak stick, so we're not going to have an egg history minute this week. So, so uh, please subscribe us, to our podcast. our podcast. Yeah, please subscribe. And mainly tell a farmer friend, you know, as they're sitting in the tractor cab, they're sick of listening to the Duke or Y100. Okay, Max, they won't How get would you get sick of listening to the Duke, well, you man? Can take he, a plays, br- he plays the legends of country. Take a break from the Duke for like... 36 oh, minutes. Yes. 44 minutes. <laughs> and and you'll... And there's no commercials. You'll turn it back on and Dwight Yoakam will still be there. And you'll still have Alabama oh, singing you cheap a, seats. You're still a thousand miles from nowhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> So please subscribe, tell a farmer friend. Um, how how you do it is you search Tilt Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts or on Android. Uh, we like Podcast Addict, Podbean, Player FM are some that would be podcast a- players. Addict as in addicted, uh, not addict. addict as in above your house. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the other way to listen on your computer or smartphone through like a web browser is go to tiltegg.com slash podcasts. And there you can sort of play them that way as well. So we got a bunch of different ways to play these. Please just tell a farmer friend. Most most guys now too. They they're on their phone looking at the weather. Just go go listen on your podcast app. All right, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. So cool beans, and that's corny time, guys. Little current events. So cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans. Cool beans. All right. Our cool beans this week 
is the American Corn Farmers are set to sponsor the MLB at the Field of Dreams event. So Major League Baseball and National Corn Growers Association collaborating for this summer's MLB at Field of Dreams event. Game will be played at a newly constructed ballpark adjacent to the Field of Dreams movie site in Dyersville, Iowa. On Thursday, August 12th, and will be broadcast nationally on Fox. So are they bringing back Kevin Costner, too? Is he going to play? I hope they come out of the cornfield. Like (laughs) That would be so cool. So so don't play catch with Ray Liotta again. Don't get mad at me, but I have never actually seen Field of Dreams. What? Before August 12th, man. You got to require. They they build a baseball diamond in a cornfield, right? Well, so the guy's dad was a baseball player. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Wait, do we got to say any spoilers, Matt? This movie came out in like the 80s, <laughs> yeah, I right? I, I think we're beyond <laughs> the need for spoilers. And uh, so, yeah, he builds builds a baseball diamond because he misses a dad, and then it brings back the ghosts of these old baseball players, like including I, his I, father. I know, like, if you build it, they will come. Like, I knew yeah, that's from the movie, it, and I knew, like, there's, like, come. ghost baseball players and stuff like that, but I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen it. And movie. James Earl Jones, I mean. Yep. Dang. That's the guy who does the voiceovers for the Arby's commercials, right? No, no, he's that's um, <laughs> sounds like that. Guy. That's Ving Rhames, I think. Does Arby's? They sound the same though, right? Got we have the meats. He's the Star. He's, he's the voice Darth of Vader, CNN man. and Darth Vader. Yeah, is James Earl Jones. You'll know him when you see him. He's the blind guy in Sandlot. Mufasa. Yes, yes, he's the blind guy from Sandlot, and he was Mufasa in The Lion King. Gotcha. Both Lion Kings actually kind of one of the, the only ones that the, carried over the teams they picked for this the Yankees. Oh, like, it's always the Yankees. Well, and, wasn't and the White Sox? Wasn't it the, in the movie? The was movie it was the Yankees? I, I, I don't remember. It's a it probably was movies. The, it's the Yankees yeah. or the Sox. I mean, I mean that really shouldn't be because no, the Cubs too. But the, the Indian, I wouldn't want to see them in it either. In, I guess. In what major league is the Indians? Right. Major league is the Cleveland Indians. Yes. So they got a uh, Born for the Field commercial out here, too. Yeah, so Joe Jackson of the 1919 White Sox. Yeah. That was the team in the movie. Shoeless Joe Jackson. So, okay. So is it the, it does it say the Yankees at all? It just says White Sox in yeah. this little description that I looked up. That's yeah, why they picked the White Sox. Yeah. So, yeah. And it also makes sense because the White Sox are really good this year. Here, play the. Some say cleanliness is next to godliness. So this is the commercial that they've got out for. For others, the... it's preparedness. Preparing for the season ahead. So they got like a farmer getting ready the for the season and a baseball player getting ready for the Lessons season. Lessons to learn. In this game, reaping what you sow is more than a figure of speech. It's a way of life. Walking by a corn planter. It's truth as pure this as guy the playing in spring game. training. You get out where you Todd, you in. should do like videos Last for blind season? people. <laughs> well, it stays in the past. It's good radio. There's no time to rest on laurels. But Todd can't read Braille. <laughs> it's a new That's true. You'll have to learn Braille. New promises and new chances to build a legacy or become a legend. This is neither James Earl Jones or or the Barbies guy. Born for the field. Who's the- born for the field. I. Yeah, so this is get ready for the Field of Dreams game sponsored by Geico. 15 minutes can save you. I thought it was sponsored percent. by National Corn Growers. <laughs> that, what the heck? They, like they both? No, it's presented by Geico. Sponsored, sponsored by, by ah, yeah. National Corn Growers. Semantics. So will they be, is the field next to 
the stadium going to be a national corn growers yield plot? plot. <laughs> have like fantastic corn for them yeah, to walk. Just out imagine of the that corn. Okay, if anybody's listening out there, we will come and help you do the agronomy on that corn <laughs> so it looks beautiful for the game. Like we we will be there if needed. National Corn Growers Association probably is struggling to find someone to help them grow <laughs> corn. I would think. No, I got just imagine the pressure on that cornfield. It's gonna have to be like, like perfect. Can you imagine that water like hemp you, takes over in there? Yeah. It's an absolute disaster. <laughs> They're gonna be hand pulling. Luckily, not a not a corn. He would be all right. But yeah, are you growing that like under plastic like two months ago? Just <laughs> they're going like the week before. They're going and pulling all the plastic. Out so of is, the is that like the corn at the fair, Todd, where you started in oh a, my a bucket? God. Started in a bucket in in uh, February. Yeah, what if the Durango goes through right before? It's been like a month since we've used that word, Todd. Yeah, or a hailstorm. I do like hailstorm. It's a great band. It won't. It'll be beautiful. I prefer Gaelic Storm, which is coming to Appleton's new Irish Fest. My my ancestors. All right, well, keeping in the National Corn Growers vein, they are also part of our That's Corny for this week. And that is a lack of funding forcing National Corn Growers Association to terminate its soil health partnership program. So, bummer. Yeah. Max is like shocked here. Seven years. This is breaking news, Max. This came out yesterday. So, May 20th, it's like, ah. Yeah, big, big news, I guess. Of course, now, according to John Mesco in his little blog post here uh, the soil health partnership has accomplished its original mission so mission accomplished guys we're done soil health is everywhere we did it we just get rid of it we're done yep no more need to worry about soil health everyone is farming in healthy soil uh <laughs> sorry sarcasm so uh in determining the economic and environmental impact of conservation practices and communicating the importance of soil health to farmers and the agriculture community so, I think we've still got a lot of work to do there, but good for them I, for at least helping lead the way for a They did while. a lot of good work. I mean, we yep. actually did some soil testing for them at one point, Max, right? You remember? That's why, that's why I gave you the eyes. Yeah. And I, then I thought about it. I'm like, wait a second. I haven't heard anything about no, that. We didn't do that. Yeah, obviously. That would be why. So, so they, were, they were trying. They did a lot of good stuff and, you know, hopefully... They've got webinars. They've got other, you know, stuff that'll stay out there in all their research. But hopefully, we find another way to to keep what they were doing moving along and and keep some of that information out there. But yeah, I was sort of surprised to see that. I really was. I didn't realize. I thought corn growers. I mean, I'm sure corn growers funded a lot of them, but it was a lot of grant funding as well. So you know, when that stuff just doesn't come through. You, yeah, you yeah. have to close programs. No, yeah, it was corn growers. There was grant funding. I think NRCS was involved to an extent too. So um, there were a lot of partners that were yeah were part of that whole whole deal. So so it's it's yeah it is our that's corny, but you do want to highlight all the good things they did. But it's a bummer that they kind of can't keep that movement going. All right, let's wrap it up then. With our egg idiom of the week. So, Todd, what are we talking about our this week? Egg idiom of the week is in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Only two? Two shakes only. Shake yes. it Back once. That's, shake it once. That's, that's all right. Okay. Shake it twice. You're okay. Shake it three times. <laughs> that lamb is playing with itself again. Yes. 
So what? Yeah, in a short time, we're gonna get an explicit rating on our podcast. <laughs> it's from a song. for quoting a song. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I it's have no idea what song that no, is. But you okay. really don't? Okay. Green. Well, well, it was Green Day, right? Green Day or Blink, Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, it was Blink One Eighty Two. I think it's Blink One Eighty Two. They don't play that on the Duke. They do not. <laughs> they no, I, I don't think so. That is that is not the Legends of Country. Not so much. No. So the origin of in two shakes of a lamb's tail is the expression means in no time because of how quickly a lamb shakes their tail. And it first appeared in Richard Harris Barnum's book Indogolsby Legends published in 1840 and since then has been reduced to two shakes. So a lot of times people just say two shakes. They won't like I'll be back in two shakes or shake for shots. What, what if it's a milkshake? Yeah. Guess what? We're we're all wrong. Sorry to interrupt, but it's good Charlotte. So, oh, it's a good Charlotte song. That should have made sense, like yep. Charlotte's Web with a lamb. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know it's a pig, but it's in a <laughs> yeah. place in a farm. You and I remember Charlotte's Web drastically <laughs> differently. No, the lamb made the the spider web, right? Yes, that yes. yes, that's how it works. <laughs> it's a Lamber? I'm pretty sure there's a lamb at some point in Charlotte's Web, right? Spadam? It takes part on it takes place on like a farm, so it's gotta be. There there may be on the cover of the book a lamb in the background. I feel like there is. We'll we'll find out. But anyway, sorry, Todd, please continue. Well that that is all I have on the two shakes. So do you guys use that egg idiom? No. Uh, No? No. I have in the past, I believe, but not much recently. To be honest. Confirmed lamb on the cover of Charlotte's Web. <laughs> yeah, and I believe that's the only place that you find <laughs> lamb. You don't see it in the movie. You see it on the cover of the book. There's a movie for Charlotte's Web? There, there is. is. A couple of them. There's the animated one. Oh, you rich kids, man. You guys grew up different than me. Watching movies and things of that nature. Listening to the radio. Yeah, also, there's CBD. Charlotte's Web CBD oil. So, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Lots of fun facts. Stay I, think on the everybody, I think everybody has a CBD oil. <laughs> I wish the bottle said, like, Zuckerman's favorite hemp or something like that. But anyway, Zuckerman was the guy from the it was Zuckerman's famous pig. Oh, the pig's Zuckerman, name is Wilbur, like right? Facebook no, not Mark. Zuckerman. The pig's name is Wilbur, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a hot sauce called Wilbur's Revenge. I'm pretty sure they're referring that, to it. Very well could be. Yeah, pretty would, sure that's what they're sense. referring to. The spider is Charlotte. Just yeah, I do. I <laughs> yes, as you know, as it states, Charlotte's Web. Yes, it is possessive. And on today's a... podcast, we covered nursery rhymes for forty-five minutes. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with ba- Babe, or Babe in the Big City, man. Babe, Pig in the City. All right, that's enough. That's Didn't enough. we have Charlotte, Michigan on this one oh time? Oh, my gosh. He said it wrong again. Yeah, because yeah, how are we supposed to say Char- it? It was Corn Grower's Plot. It was Charlotte. Like a record-setting yeah. one there. And you're to, to, to tie it back into today's Cool yes. Beans, that's Corn. There you go. And it was Charlotte. That's how they say it? Yeah, Charlotte. Okay. So they're different. I'm pretty Charlotte. sure that's how I was corrected to say it. Charlotte. I probably just said it wrong again, and it's <laughs> neither Charlotte nor Charlotte. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Charlotte. All right. With that, let's let's uh, let's call her a day. Thanks for being here, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having oh, us, Matt. <laughs> so today we talked about the peak stick and how to use that, where it came from. Spotlight. We looked at GDUs, and we are running ahead this year. 
in our Cool Beans. That's Corny. National Corn Growers are sponsoring an MLB game in Iowa near the Field of Dreams site. And that's Corny is the end of the Soil Health Partnership. With that, we'll finish this up not quite in two shakes of a lamb's tail, but thanks for listening. And as always, happy farming. Thank you.